Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. We're going to start with the women's semi-finals because they were way better uh, and more interesting than the men's semi-final tonight. Um, and let's start with the fact that Ash Barty didn't win because that was a bit of a shock, a bit of a mighty shock, Catherine Whitaker. Yeah, that match wasn't very good, <laughs> I don't think. I thought it was interesting. Though. I thought it was intriguing. It was interesting, yeah, but there is a difference between intriguing and good. I thought it was but, good. But I don't want to... See, if you, do, if you didn't follow it... Or Come for the uplifting chat, <laughs> tennis chat. Stay for the really downbeat tennis chat. 6-4, six, six Ash Barty led in the first set tie-break and didn't win the tie-break. Sophia Kenin won four points in a row. Second set, Sophia Kenin is two set points down and still wins the set. She wins in straight sets. What's happened here? Has Barty blown it? Has Kenin ripped it out of her grasp what's happened the thing is they were both extremely nervous I thought the early stages were really ropey um, I think partly because of how how much hotter it was today um, than any other day the ball was obviously flying and there was a bit of an adjustment to that but also just neither of them had any feel you know Barty was dumping forehands and slice backhands you know in the bottom of the net um, it was a really, really tense start from both, entirely understandably. Um, the difference was that Kenin kind of recognised that and adjusted her adjusted her game. She just completely battened down the hatches. I don't think at any stage today she was in anything like full flow. The, the, the speed and timing on her ball... Um, the ball wasn't it wasn't making the same sound her racket's connection with the ball as it usually does Kenin Kenin right um, but she just completely battened down the hatches and played within herself did a Djokovic and stopped stopped making errors while Barty she had periods where her slice backhand was starting to take effect but then it went off the rails again and she, she, Barty was the erratic one and Kenin just I don't know, I was, imp- I was very impressed with the, the presence of mind to, to do that today, to say, this is not going to be my day, yeah. I'm going to have to win ugly here. Um, when you're a first-time Grand Slam semi-finalist at 21, 
bloody impressive, isn't it? I just think she embraced the conditions, arguably more. I mean, those conditions were brutal. It was 37, 38 degrees when they were on court out there. It we, was, we've all been a sweaty mess today, folks. It was difficult to walk, to, to, to breathe out there, let alone play tennis in a Grand Slam semi-final. And those conditions turned it into a scrap, I thought, because it was scrappy tennis. It, it wasn't, nothing was flowing. But Kenin is the person you want in a scrap because her whole attitude is making the best of what she's got. And she knew she didn't have a best game out there, but she thought, okay, I can still win this. Mm. And she just was striding across the court like she always is with a business-like face on and just said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrestle this match for you, Ash Barty. This is mine to win. And I'm just going to be clear and present yep. in every point. And, and the best tennis she played was, I thought, those last four games of that first set tiebreak that you referenced, David, where she, she honestly stole the set from Ash Barty. It was in Barty's grasp, but Kenin was the one who stepped up. A couple of big winners. She was better in the big moments. Barty, Barty didn't freeze, I don't think, but she didn't up her game when she needed to. And Kenin did. Kenin was the one making the plays. And she didn't. Barty's working it out ends up being use the slice and do mm. do different things with it and, and things like that. And and kind of point construction wise, I thought that was working to get her into a winning position. It's just that she didn't close. Yeah, I mean, we do associate Barty with being a just a big problem solver and. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she started deploying the slice better. I thought in the in the second set and was was getting some dividends with that. But then she started spraying errors again, and and I don't, I don't think she panicked, but kind of didn't know how to play her own way into 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 form. She didn't trust herself today. I don't think yeah. it wasn't horrible, but. Um, yeah, she didn't, as you say, she didn't freeze, she just... She was flat, I thought. I thought she was on one level yeah. the whole match, match. Kind of what we talk about with Kyle Edmund. It sounds like a really harsh comparison, comparing Ash Barty to Kyle Edmund, given their achievements. But I never got the sense that Barty was sensing the moment in the match a little bit and well, raising her game or she just couldn't, couldn't find, find her best tennis it was a bizarre atmosphere wasn't uh, it, it? Was it wasn't a full stadium and the heat was a big problem in that regard uh, in our commentary box I could see to our left and to our right is where is the exposed areas where the sun is beating down and understandably there were dozens of empty seats people just refusing to go in those seats because it was too hot it was it was I don't know how anybody was doing it, to be honest. There must have been two, three hundred seats without anybody in them, um, which immediately is going to change the atmosphere. I think people end up feeling pretty sleepy and pretty drowsy and not really energised for, for for a match. Um, it was two and a, two, three in the afternoon. And again, I mean, it gets down to what we've been saying all along about the schedule of these matches. If you're in an evening session, you're going to get a better. You're more likely to get a good atmosphere because you're not going to have to risk 42 degrees in the sunshine, and, you, and people aren't going to be at work as much and at school. Um, but it was. It was not. It wasn't buzzing out there at all. It was 4.9 on the. Um, what do they call it? The, the index the scale. Index scale. 
Um, if it had gone to five, they'd have put the roof on. And if it had gone to... Yeah, they suspended play on the outside courts midway through the um, Barty Kennan match. And I think everybody was assuming that the, it was just a matter of time before the roof got closed. Um, but apparently it hovered at 4.9 throughout the afternoon and... and um, they never close the roof. And look, I, I respect the argument that it's an outdoor tournament and they want to keep it that way, but something about watching people sat there in what felt like unhealthy conditions, not in to mention the, the lines people and ball kids. and I mean, the players are the least of the concern. They're the fittest people out there. Um, knowing that there's a way to make that more pleasant for everyone does feel does feel a bit bizarre yeah um last night we were talking about dominic team choking do did ash barty blow it i know that we were giving credit to severe Kenyon, but i've got to ask that question because here's the thing she's 22 she's world number one australia haven't had a grand slam finalist in the women's draw for 40 years since Wendy Turnbull in 1980 and they haven't had a champion since 1978 in Chris O'Neill she's world number one she's playing really well, the whole nation is behind her and she's playing the 14th seed in her debut Grand Slam semi-final does it get any better than that as a scenario? Well we'll find out over <laughs> the next few years um He's learnt copping out from the best. I know that David. sounds it's brutal. I yeah. know it's a brutal assessment. And look, she as 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 we should remind, she's twenty two. She's probably got another ten years to keep trying. But I just look at that and think, well that that should maybe be keeping you a bit awake tonight. I w- and I wonder whether it does. I you know. Well look, the facts are that she played six matches this week and I don't I don't actually think I didn't watch all of all of them but I I don't think she ever was peak Ash Barty this tournament in any of those matches but without question today was her worst so I think in a less acute way than Dominic team yesterday where he just fluffed every shot <laughs> Serving, serving for the match. Yeah, it was sort of ten minutes it, out of four hours. In a slightly more terrible. sort of chronic way <laughs> yeah. than an acute way. Yes, she did. I mean, team also had um, the time to choke. You know, he he already had a two-set lead. Barty's playing best of three. She's not playing best of five. She didn't have that time. Feels like a slightly unfair comparison to me to make, given given the circumstances but whether you call it a choke or not there's no doubt she didn't play her best tennis in her most important match of the summer yeah um and you talked about whether how gutted she'll be about about that well she didn't seem very gutted in her rather bizarre press conference well she was doing she does perspective very quickly and very emphatically which look is healthy and and, it's very healthy and very impressive and she's she's an extremely grounded athlete and it's and it is quite something to see actually and it it is impressive and given all the problems she did have yeah we don't want want to be down at least she's found a way to deal with it is there such a thing as too much perspective i mean it's okay to be 
gutted for a bit. And she might be. I think she, she probably she, is. She might be privately gutted. Right. Privately. So, so th- what we're, we're just saying she she's really good at pretending for us. What are we saying? Don't know, because I don't know the truth. Don't know what what really happens. What we know is she walked into the press conference holding a baby, and the baby was her niece, uh, eleven weeks old, lovely baby. Sat down. It was all very uh, a very cute sight. Um, I don't think the baby should have been in there. Um, it's uh, to my mind, and I'm, look, I'm, there may be people listening to this that think, well, why stop being such a killjoy? It's a place of work. But I think it is a place of work. It's an office space. We are there to to ask questions, and um, and as lovely a sight as it was on one hand, it, it's 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 not really what's supposed to go on. And and in a way, perhaps it does show that she was hurting there because it felt like deflection a deflection tactic. felt like a human shield like a prop like yeah like totally you're not going to ask me the tough questions if i'm sitting here and i'm therefore not going to have to answer them and i'd be personally surprised if she was that calculating i don't think it necessarily has to be conscious thought and i don't i don't i think maybe think, just i think she can have had that thought process in a in a less sinister way than perhaps we would see it. She'd I think just, she perhaps wanted to just, just think saw this the is a baby. this is a distraction for che- me. Cheer me up. But the thing is, it's mm. also a distraction for everybody else, yeah. and I, that's I think not very may, helpful. May, but maybe look, and I mean, I described the scene of Federer seeing his son and jumping into his arms, and 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 he's often consoled when he's not feeling very well by seeing his kids. That's what that's that's just one of the things that that happens, or the players do talk about. Um, and I suspect when he when she saw her niece, she, yeah, it, it, it instantly cheered her up, or at least made you know instantly made her think, oh well, tennis is everything, which is which is healthy. Um, but yeah, then she took the baby into the press conference, and and uh, she she may think that's fine, and some people, lots of people may think that's fine. I, I think it would be better if she had not done that or been I, told. I don't think it's a matter of opinion or. It, I mean, it's it's not appropriate in the workplace. Mm. I, I mean, I, I I don't think that makes her a terrible person for doing it. I mean, somebody should have stopped her, probably. I don't know. I, I don't know what the circumstances were, but it was really weird. Yeah, it was a bit weird. <laughs> um, so, Sophia Kenning, well, she she was thrilled, understandably. And a, wor- a word on that. It was amazing to see her reaction when she won. Someone who is mm. so tough as nails during the match and kind of has her guard up couldn't believe it could she it all came out when she won she did absolutely a, overwhelmed she did an amazing sort of twirl and the smile just came across her face she was completely overwhelmed and then in the on-court interview with Jim Courier she was looking over at her box yes yeah, se- several times she broke away mid-answer to mm. just make eye contact with her dad and her, her, her other people there to go can, in a kind of can you believe this yeah. this is actually happening and then kind big of brother way. cam showed her running into the outstretched arms of dinara safina who i'm not sure what the official nature of that relationship is but she's been in her box um safina's been here as part of the legends event um and has been in her box for pretty much all matches i think this fortnight it was a lovely moment between them Mm. backstage really lovely yeah and and in her on-court interview with Jim Curry usually in that situation because the atmosphere in Rod Laver Arena when Barty lost was so weird (laughs) and actually throughout the first set of Halep Muguruza which was a real shame because that was electrifying but everyone was still in shock really 
Um, I think most players in her situation would have done the... It's such an easy win to ingratiate yourself with the crowd and say, oh, I'm really sorry that I knocked out your your home favourite today. Please, you know, forgive me. Not Kennan. <laughs> She's there's no... Uh, she, she, she didn't do that because it would have been disingenuous. She's not sorry. It's like apologising for a net cord, isn't it? She's not sorry. She's having the time of her life. She was delighted. And that's great. I loved it. And now she will play Garbinia Magarutha, who won one of the matches of the week, really. It was, it was straight sets, but just two really great players going toe-to-toe and duking it out and both having chances I think in that first set tie break they both had set points and Halep I was watching that with Matt and I kept making a lot of noise while we were watching it (laughs) you did in a in a room where making a lot of noise occasionally gets you frowned at (laughs) with people doing their live um, yes radio commentaries I thought it was great by the way my, my sort of no way yeah. were going on air on other people's radio stations <laughs> um, but it was it was similar to the first match in that you didn't you didn't want to put yourself in a winning position because that meant you were going to lose the set as you said Halep had set points in that first set and she also served for the second set and she ended up losing both of them in a similar way to Ash Barty and yet it felt like a real um, increase in quality in the in that in the Halep Muguruza match, both players playing their best tennis at the same time, which is absolutely what you want to see. Reminding us all why they're both two-time Grand Slam champions, um, and both both with similar-ish game styles in that they're baseliners, but both trying to do very different things out there. Muguruza was really trying to take control of the baseline and. Halep was trying to change the direction and use her foot speed, and it just made for such a compelling, such a compelling match. Mm, it did, and it looked as though Halep was going to wrestle it off her because she was down often, and yet just couldn't win the final point. And that's that's ultimately what it's all about. Second set, she was ahead. She she said afterwards she really was suffering in that heat. Mm. Um, it killed me, she said, I think she said. Yeah. Which is interesting, because I expected Muguruza to, to suffer more mm. than, than Halep. She, I mean, she's just... I expected things to change with Martinez, but I did not expect it to happen no. this quickly and this drastically. It's extraordinary. She looks healthier, generally, to Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's a real strength to her physicality now to her physique she's 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 added a bit of weight and muscle to her shoulders we, we were noticing and she just looks formidable really Magarutha now um, so that is going to be a very interesting final isn't it Magarutha has beaten more top 10 players this fortnight than in the entirety of 2018 I mean, and, there's so and, many and stats the, like that to sort of emphasise. And the same as... What about 2019? The same, same number. Really? And she, she won she, six matches between May and the end of last year. And she's won six matches already this tournament. Wow. It's just... It's, yeah, I mean... It's, it's an unreal turnaround. I remember saying, which in a take which looks increasingly terrible last week, that I, I thought that this would work getting back together with Martinez but it was going to be a process I, ca- I cannot get my head around the fact that this has happened 
in the space of 10 days. It's like a magic spell. And, and I, I'm, I'm still looking for the stats of whether anyone has ever won a Grand Slam after losing the first set that they played in the Grand Slam 6-love. Which And she lost it to? Shelby Rogers. And we that was the first tennis that I watched this Same. tournament live. Mm. And it was ropey. It, <laughs> it was, was really ropey. ropey. Everyone involved was ropey. <laughs> I was jet-lagged. Muguruza was ill. Shelby Rogers was, I mean, goodness knows what she's thinking now. How good must I have been <laughs> to what a six-love set against this? Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, Weird it's, tournament. it's an astonishing turnaround. Well, we've still got 24 hours to, to make our minds up completely about who's going to win this women's final. But we're, we're, based on what you've seen today, what are you thinking? I'm edging Muguruza. But 51-49, I think it's... I, I think Kenin's you real underestimate Kenin at there's your a, peril. There's a ceiling to her game, which I think is obvious um, which is mitigated by her attitude and her work ethic and all her other positives but there is a, a ceiling to her game which Muguruza doesn't have um, but today that was irrelevant <laughs> so why won't it be on Saturday yeah I mean if well and the, I think there are two things one is we don't know for sure that Muguruza will be able to bring her top level um, I'd be surprised if Kenin doesn't bring pretty much her best I, I, I just kind of trust her to bring her best pretty much um, and then you don't know what her bringing her best might do to the game of Muguruza necessarily mm. uh, whether she can influence it I think, so. I think Kenin won their most recent match I think I was reading in Beijing last year but even that from three months ago feels kind it, of irrelevant, irrelevant because Muguruza is such a different prospect now um, that, that video of of Kenin with um, as a seven-year-old seven-year-old resurfaced today and I was watching it and I thought you can you can see all the qualities mm-hmm. that Kenin has now then when she's saying she yeah, knew I can return Andy Roddick sir she like, knew that's just it's just it's so ingrained in her it's none of it's fake she's she not having to put it on matter of fact mm. yeah and to think that Sophia Kennan could be a Grand Slam champion with, as you said, the kind of limitations she does have in her game and the fact that no one's been hyping her at all. Yeah. She almost didn't turn pro. She almost went to college instead. Really? Yeah. It's a cool story. It is. I think I, think I would go Muguruza. I think I... Just her pedigree at that level um, will ultimately prevail. So, we'll of see. course, logic logic dictates that. Yeah, but today wasn't logical. This has been the weird slam. <laughs> I mean, to think we we thought we were going to get a Barty Halep final. Yeah, it's a bit different. I mean, it's it's a. I think we are really interested as tennis followers. I think it's. It, it's a tougher sell, isn't it? I mean, obviously it's a tougher sell when you haven't got Barty, but just generally um, to try to explain it to anybody outside of the tennis sphere. It's a, it's a tough sell even to American audiences who, you know, American tennis, except at really niche levels, is really overlooked 
Sophia Kennan and her potential. Yeah. You know, there's there's catching up to do there. So it's not even like I mean, I'm sure this will be a, a big deal in the US, but everyone was tuning into Goff Kennan a few days ago. For Goff. For Goff, with absolutely no awareness, really, of who yeah. Sophia Kennan was. Kennan tends to be the opponent mm. for people. Um, mm. And now this might be the launch pad for her. This might get her on the map. And incidentally, just, just to say, we've talked obviously a lot about scheduling. We have had, I, I reckon, four or five emails from people in the United States saying, look, I, I actually agree with the premise of, of what you're talking about, but, I, but they've they get the opposite they get the flip side they get to watch ken in and the 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 wonderful women's matches because the time zone works for them um which uh, which is interesting you know if, yeah. you're, if you're on the west coast and goffs i remember goff goff's second round match i know us tv requested that that be a a day session match cuz you know she was she was one of the biggest deals alongside Serena Williams. So, yeah, I think that final day session slot, the third day session slot after an 11 a.m. start is the kind of primetime U.S. slot. Mm. So, yeah, every cloud. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in, being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times. Well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic played installment number 50 in their rivalry today. Novak Djokovic won it in three straight sets. We didn't know that Federer was going to play and right until he walked out onto the, into the corridor. I was actually on the radio at the time uh, when I said, you know, we're hoping to be pleasantly surprised by Roger Federer playing this, this match. And then suddenly he appeared in the corridor. And we're like, oh, he is playing, folks. Um because he'd had this groin strain and he yeah I mean he lots of rumors were circulating about whether he'd 
practiced, whether he practiced indoors, as people had seen a, a strapping around his thigh, and um, and obviously we were we were theorising last night as to whether he would take to the court unless he felt he could a win and certainly b not have to retire. He talked about that afterwards, and he said, you know, for for once I was thinking that it's possible I might have to retire if it goes, and we were looking at cut off levels of of what I would accept in terms of pain on the court. Um, but he actually came out blasting, and he went 5-2 up. And, and in the radio room, we were just yelping with some of the shots we were seeing from him because he suddenly came out timing the ball. Didn't last long, but for, for 25, 30 minutes, it was incredible. It was casino tennis, yeah. and it was great, but it always felt unsustainable. Yeah. And I think he knew it was unsustainable, didn't he? He said in his press conference afterwards that... He walked onto court feeling like he had a, a 3% chance of winning, um, which, <laughs> um, it, you know, he described it. He, he kind of talked about how liberating it can be to feel like you've got nothing to lose and nothing to lose. Federer is one of my favourite Federers. Um, and, you know, he was asked, what, what's that like emotionally walking onto court feeling like you've only got 3% chance to win? He said, it's better than 0% let me tell you and and then cited what happened at the O2 that year and he had to go out into the middle of the court and explain to everybody that he wouldn't be able to play the match and that obviously really it's a bad memory for really him. hurt him yeah he, he he's um, in, he's still you can see looking at him the way he described that he's mm, slightly haunted by that that mm. memory of just the feeling that he kind of let everybody down not, you know not his fault if he's hurt himself but he was in, he was embarrassed by that and it was interesting how um, Federer starting the match like that, swinging and making it. Twenty-six winners in the first set alone. Federer. Did it? How oh. it? How it distracted Djokovic. Djokovic spoke about this. He said he he was he was a bit frazzled, distracted by what Federer was doing. Exactly the opposite of what Goran's been telling him all week, all tournament to you know focus on yourself and let the other player worry about you. He was worried about what Federer was bringing. Um, but I rather suspect he also his preparation was it di- interrupted and distracted in by it because the, all the hoopla. I mean, obviously it's at fever pitch in in a media room. You know, the rumor went round that Federer's called a press conference and at, he's cancelled his practice and actually had just moved his practice indoors. He would have, on some level, been aware of that playing out. And that surely was distracting. And I think the way he played tonight shows that it had to have been distracting because I can't really think of any other explanation for it. It was such a weird match. Yeah. I mean, Milos Raonic must have been watching that going, where was this guy <laughs> the other night? <laughs> I mean, he, he, there, there, were, there were points when he was absolutely brilliant, but compared to the performance against Raonic, which was as good as it gets for a seven-time champion here it was not that Federer no. was there for the and taking and he and he took a long time to take him and it's it's got to be gutting for Federer that his body's let him down here because you know we you see in that first set he is still capable of playing tennis that can challenge Djokovic on any any surf well grass or a hard court for sure in a way that when you watch Nadal play Djokovic on a hard court you're kind of thinking well how how is he going to win these points? But Federer does have a route to winning them, but his body's letting down here. And at Wimbledon, 
It was his mind, his, his nerve let him down against Djokovic. That's two matches now. And at the US Open, his body let him down again. Mm. So, you know, he's, and Djokovic was out of the tournament at the US Open yeah. when Federer's body let him down. You know, in this, in this Grand Slam race that we're all so caught up in, Federer's had chances at the last three slams, in a way, to, to get one more. And either his, his nerve in the Wimbledon final or his body more recently is, is letting him down. And that's, that, that's got to sting, I think. Um, and you did also see in the match today, I mean, Federer talks about demons himself. Well, the demons he has against Djokovic, he gets it into a first-set tie-break. And Djokovic is able to flick a switch and not commit any unforced errors and just play a flawless tie-break. And it, at that point, it was the sixth set in a row that Djokovic had won against Federer being a tie-break. He has completely owned Federer just in tie-breaks in the last five years, really. And in the last four of them, tonight and the three at Wimbledon, he hasn't made a single unforced error in four tie-breaks against a 20-time Grand Slam champion. Utterly it's, extraordinary. It's just unbelievable. Permission it, to use the word clutch. It makes it, <laughs> it makes it sound too easy. Like, you can just decide not to make errors anymore. Why don't you do that, like, on All the first the point? Yeah, yeah, if you can just decide not he, to make mistakes... He's just then got that, just that, that ability to rise to the moment, hasn't he? And focus. Mm. Laser-like focus. And also play... He knows exactly what shot to play from which part of the court. When Federer attacks him into his backhand, he knows how to slide into it and where to stick it that'll just make the next put-away shot that much more difficult. Um, Federer was a bit dismissive about the beefed-up Djokovic serve, wasn't he? He was yeah, asked he was about really, that. Yeah. He, he, he was asked, do you, do you feel... Does it feel any different to you? And he sort of went, Meh. He said, maybe the second serve a bit. I mean, he was standing right in on that second he, what, serve, he was, half he was volleying them almost. At some standing times. half a meter inside the baseline. We were getting slightly arsy Federer, though, weren't we? Let's be honest. I mean, if you can't be arsy after losing in a Grand Slam, when can you? Well, he was a weird, weird mixture of arsy and sort of whimsical. I mean, the, his parting shot to uh, Ubaldo Scanagata was—he did a lols, didn't he? <laughs> did he? Yeah, he, he, he was asked, is Wimbledon your best chance? Of, of winning. Of winning. And he said, well, I think bars on Halle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he ended dear. on a funny. Oh, dear. Well, he ended the English on a funny. He might have got grumpy again in the French, Swiss, German and German. But yeah. OK. Uh, so that means Novak Djokovic rolls on into the final. His eighth... Australian Open final. He's won all the other seven. He's never lost a semi or a final. Yeah, whenever he's got to the stage, he's won the thing. So, who's he going to face? Zverev against team is tomorrow night. It is the single match in the night session. And... uh, I mean, it's going I, to be 400 degrees. It's going to be 43 degrees <laughs> Celsius. Um, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's, that's four or five degrees hotter than today, which felt like the end of the world. There was I, a- I had to bring a 
In fact, I'm sitting on it now. I had to bring a tea towel to sit on in the media seats to absorb the sweat and to prevent <laughs> to prevent that image. horrible noise. <laughs> <laughs> There's a moment when I'd walked in um, and then I, then I started to get messages from you two as to what you were going to face. And then there was the moment when Catherine actually decided to just put her head outside for 10 seconds and uh, promptly, awful. promptly complained. Oh, Matt, we haven't mentioned our, the oh, we, real highlight oh, of yeah, there was. Federer I mean, most Djokovic. people were watching Federer Djokovic. We got a bit distracted by something we way saw, more interesting. We saw a live <laughs> proposal and engagement. Okay. Before our very eyes. And not one of those staged ones. No, on the big no, no, no. This was it was a... midway through a routine Federer service game. <laughs> right. <laughs> Didn't even wait for the change of ends. It was incredibly bizarre. Who did the proposing? Bloke or the woman? The, the bloke. How did it go? She was Very waving well. her ring fing- finger yeah. around trying she to get the cameras to notice her. Oh, they so. didn't. No. It was a bizarre sequence of events. There was one of those um, Emirates um, big screen announcements took place in front of us which was just extraordinary. It was a presenter stood with a, a woman dressed up as an air um, a stewardess, whether it was actually a stewardess or just some sort of robot, I don't know, because she just stood there throughout this presentation, didn't say a word. She didn't blink. Well, this presenter, Catherine, who actually, uh, she, I think she listens, to, she listens to the podcast. Hello. Um, she did a great job because there was this, this is this, like, I assume human being standing next to her, but gen- genuinely did not blink throughout this whole <laughs> announcement about how you could win a free ticket to Dubai <laughs> if you Instagrammed with a photo of yourself with the right hashtag. Anyway, so that all played out in front of us and we couldn't believe our eyes. And then they exited stage left and moments later, this proposal happened. All the while, Federer's just sort of serving. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, the stuff you see in tennis stadium. Brilliant. Okay, so if you're listening, congratulations. <laughs> um, and, and then they just had to s- sit through a set and a half of weird tennis. <laughs> right, to celebrate. To se- it was like, if it you are surreal. listening, please email us <laughs> and tell us, like, why then? Yeah, I mean, I, I want to know. There what? was an injury timeout. He was sat there with the ring. Throughout that whole injury timeout, Think thinking, thinking, no, not now, <laughs> not now. I'm going to wait for two one. Yeah, when I'm not allowed out into the aisle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and also, are they Federer fans? He, yes, he was. He definitely was. But, but therefore, he's proposed during a straight sets defeat. I know. Yeah. I know. It was not a memorable five occasion two. At all. Five two was the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Far be it from us to tell you how to propose to your <laughs> wife to be. Um, so congratulations, um, and that's happened. Uh, where were we? Dominic team against Alexander Zverev tomorrow night. Who's going to win? Team. Team. It was interesting actually watching Federer tonight. I was I was struck by how much slower Federer's ground strokes were compared to teams. Really, but. The difference being, of course, that Federer takes the ball that much earlier and takes time away in that in that respect. But it was, it did strike me just how beefy the ground strokes of Dominic Team are. Yeah, 
perhaps because I was sitting slightly further back in the stadium as well. I don't know, but he's yeah, good, I think good head to head, hasn't he? He's good head to head. Lots of their matches on clay, but I think it will perhaps turn into a similar style of match to what we saw with Zverev and Wawrinka. But team is much sharper than Wawrinka at the moment, and I think he'll be able to finish the rallies in a way that Wawrinka wasn't able to. He was finishing them with errors, and I think team can use his own physicality and angles on his shots to create openings and I, th- I think I think he'll have too much from the from the baseline Interested to see if Zverev's nerve holds because this is new territory for him we won't know until tomorrow night Djokovic certainly wants Zverev to win I think Oh surely yeah Team is capable of taking mm. taking the initiative and not really allowing Djokovic to play. Um, is Djokovic able to neutralise him? Can he stop him from doing what Vavrinka sometimes does to him? It's it's it'd be fascinating if it is team. Um, but anyway, we'll see we'll see how that goes tomorrow night. Uh, before all that, there are two mixed doubles semi-finals. One of them is Bethany Matic Sands and Jamie Murray up against Sharma and Smith. Uh, then the women's doubles final is Shea Sue and Barbara Stritzova. Back to world number one in doubles. Top seeds Shea. against the second seeds because it's uh, their opponents are Tamea Bambosh and Kikim Ladenovic. That's great. I tell you, that would be worth watching that. That's um, not before four o'clock local time. Um, I might watch it on telly. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going in that stadium in that heat. Just let them... Run around, around they, sh- they should cancel activity in those temperatures. <laughs> yeah, you should basically just be allowed to go in a hammock surrounded by ice cubes. They should and provide swimming pools. Being delivered drinks. Provide little paddling pools. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that cliche about people in the south of Spain being... Well, I don't want to offend anyone, but potentially <laughs> <laughs> um, slightly lazier than people in the rest of Spain. But then you go to the south of Spain and you see exactly why it's still in the middle of the day and no one's doing anything because proper human activity is not able to, to take place in those conditions. And yet Grand Slam semi-finals <laughs> are, are, are played. Yeah. It's, it's pretty pretty crazy not before 7:30 p.m local time for team and zverev um and we've got the junior boys doubles final we've got the uh, junior girls doubles final don't think the singles finals are tomorrow are they over the weekend i think right we've got the wheelchair doubles final with jordan wiley playing uh, and uh, yeah loads going on um so legends yeah i haven't seen any legends I just, I just saw um, on the screen up and to my left, I saw Goran handing his racket to a ball kid. And I feel like that is definitely something I've seen before yes. in my life. Including in 1997 at Queen's. Yes, <laughs> on the Champions Tour. Bless. <laughs> Giving the people what they want. I mean, that's his day job here, yeah. Goran. His, I mean, he's not technically coaching Djokovic here. He and Marion Vider have agreed a... Um, or with Djokovic, a division of labour where they're splitting slams. Um, and this isn't one of Goran's assigned slams. He's just, he's here, his main gig is the legends. But obviously it'd be impolite of, 
of him not to help out a bit while he's around. There, but, there was a moment yeah. though where he just went bolting out of the player box uh, uh, upon match point, Djokovic winning, so he could go and get ready for his match. <laughs> uh, partnering Leighton Hewitt against Tommy Haas and Marit Safin. Leighton Hewitt, who was in the... The men's doubles. The men's doubles. Hewitt made sure they won comfortably, I think, because he just can't handle sort of half arsing Retiring it. or not playing <laughs> tennis. <laughs> oh. Great stuff. Right. Okay. Is it bedtime? Can we go? It's pre-midnight. This is, is our first pre-midnight podcasting oh. finish. Right. I'm off to bed then, folks. Um, we've been the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with Crumble. our mascots, Crumble, for the Australian Open and Butler throughout the year. What dogs they are. Uh, have we got any shout-outs today, Matt? been horribly exposed no we haven't okay right well no no shout outs make up some names <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow folks we'll have shout outs yeah, but then i might accidentally make up a name of someone who's listening who didn't back us at that level <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't work okay so you can tell folks we've had a lot of late nights so we'll be back tomorrow um tell everybody know you know about the podcast somebody from dublin wrote to me today and said i've just found your podcast listening every day and telling all my friends so well done to you. Great. Uh, you know. Followed instruction. Lots of Irish-based listeners. That means the message is getting through, David. Yeah. See if I could tell them, <laughs> giving them their job. I think you're all doing a splendid job, listeners. Keep doing it. Um, and, uh, yeah, sign up to our newsletter if you haven't already, because uh, I believe I'm going to make a mighty comeback in the prediction standings. Um, I'm last at the moment. Um, I'm not sure there's enough points left in the game for you to do that. <laughs> Look of horrors coming across David's face. No, oh. no, no. I reckon if, um, like, if Zverev were to get through the semi and then David were to put it, you've got to go to big. Zverev in three against Djokovic. That you can't. Would you can't be a, win by playing it safe. Right then. Okay. I'm going to go and study. And I've, remember, I am incentivised because we've agreed that I get crumble for a month if I win <laughs> yes. Jim if you're listening Jim Catherine's decided she's going to steal your dog for a month if she wins the predictions competition um, it, was, it, okay. it was in the small print but Jim's got other dogs I think, the, I think the word was borrow not steal I've got a creative <laughs> license uh, so okay so we'll see you tomorrow folks flexibility is great that's why there's yoga flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.